Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbajal here with Matt Hawkins, as always. And we're coming off of a hefty upset combat sports weekend. Uh, what's go- What's up, Matt? Did you catch uh, Andy Ruiz and uh, Anthony Joshua? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have good internet where I was at, so I was kind of bouncing in and out. But I was able to catch the uh, the majority of the fight and, and luckily catch the finish. Uh yeah, definitely uh, a huge upset. I'm seeing people say this is basically the biggest upset in boxing since Buster Douglas. Yeah. So that's so, a, whole, a whole generation of, of fight fans who are now experiencing uh, a huge kind of fan favorite, kind of somebody that looked at as uh, almost unbeatable getting uh, getting floored in, in about 30 to 1 odds. Yeah, I mean, it, it was literally, uh, I feel like it wasn't promoted very well to begin with as far as the lead up um and anybody that didn't know about it like i mean obviously we were aware of it because we're in the we're in the space of combat sports but anybody that didn't know about it was uh pretty much pretty much thought that he uh anthony joshua was a shoe in to win and then lo and behold you know what happened happened um I, we had reached out to uh daniel zaldivar who's been on this podcast uh, who has his own podcast, uh, The Last Round, which is a boxing podcast, to try to get some insight from him. And um, he couldn't make it, but he did uh, He did send us some tidbits of information, so I'm going to read them right now, uh, because uh, obviously the topic has been hot all week. Um, so uh, uh, according to the promoter, Eddie Hearn, who tweet- he put on Twitter, uh, the rematch is a go. So Daniel thinks that the match is in- intri- rematch is intriguing, Betting odds are already out and still have Joshua as a heavy favorite. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, but Danny thinks Ruiz is extremely motivated, especially after winning and being the first Mexican brother to win a heavyweight world uh, title. Um, he says we should. He's he's willing to jump on uh, in November, December when that rematch is closer to happening. So that's good to know. Um, he also says that there's been a rumor that something was wrong with uh, Joshua before the fight. Um, but he doesn't buy it. He thinks that uh, Ruiz legit caught him with a uh, good shot to the temple when they tried to hook each other. <laughs> he he says you don't hook with a hooker. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's from Daniel Zadlevar, the last round uh, boxing podcast. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I put I did bet a buck on Andy Ruiz, so I'm thirteen dollars richer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, it was it was a late replacement fight for Gerald Miller who tested positive for, for multiple steroids. So I think we all kind of went into that thinking that this was kind of a fight they just threw together, um, you know, in order to keep the bout taking place at Madison square garden and avoiding canceling and losing out on all the, the site fees and everything there. So I think that's kind of what, you know, the casual, I mean, we're essentially casual boxing fans, um, thought going into that. Uh, and that's kind of what, I mean, that's what everybody thought. And then, uh, and then the fight started and, and uh, we had seen Ruiz, the build up to the fight and, yeah. you know, he's kind of the Daniel Cormier body of, of boxing. <laughs> um, whereas Joshua is like six foot seven and, and, and ripped and, and came into the fight 21 and 0 with 21 knockouts. So yeah, I think, I think most people kind of just thought of it as a, a butterbean versus the champ situation. And, uh, it started off pretty even in the beginning, 
a little back and forth. Ruiz was doing well with his jab to the body, um, which I think played a, a quite a bit of a toll when the story was told. But uh, uh, Joshua got the first knockdown and kind of went in for the kill aggressively, which was kind of a, a not necessarily his style. He usually kind of kicks back and and uh, and waits for the moment. But he kind of went in for the kill and. During that during that flurry, he got countered and put on his butt uh, twice. I missed the second knockdown. My my uh, my internet went out for the second knockdown, so I didn't see that. But I know the first one that evened it up, and then and then he got another one later that round. And yeah, really from that point on, it seemed like it was uh, it was Ruiz's fight. He got a lot of confidence. He was kind of bouncing around the ring a little bit. Uh, like I said, working the jab to the body and and kept kind of setting up his right hook uh, and. And started landing it more, more and more often as as the fight went on. Yeah, um, the uh, the entire third round, the uh, zone actually put up on social media. So if you haven't seen it, you can watch those uh, those earlier knockdowns that you're talking about. The first one from Joshua, and then the following one from uh, Ruiz when he when he, uh, I mean he the last one on that round. I mean, to me in my he it, it looked like he got saved by the bell. And um, but he knocked him through the ropes. It was crazy. Uh, so uh, and um, I wrote a an article at uh, MMANews.com that has the video where he comments on uh, you know, his reaction to getting knocked down because that that was the first time he'd ever been uh, put on his back in his whole career. Uh, so he's thirty three and one now, Ruiz, and he said that uh, Joshua was the first one to ever knock him down. So not only did uh you know it motivate him to get back up, which he got back up quickly, but he he was he said he wanted to get him back right away. He was like mad about it, and you know of course he started talking the Mexican boxing mentality, and I mean we're so used to seeing it in the Julio Cesar Chavez and you know level of of boxing, but uh uh yeah it's nice to see in a big man's weight class. It was really nice to see. So I mean I'm not gonna lie, of course I'm happy there's a Mexican heavyweight ch- champion of the world, me being Mexican myself, just like Daniel. But um, it's just crazy. You know what else I think is crazy is the is the 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 body shaming and the way that people just automatically wrote him off by seeing him at face value. Nobody looked up his record before that. You know, I mean, thirty. I mean, so he was thirty-two and one before that. I mean, like, how is that not a legitimate threat to uh, Anthony Joshua? Yeah, no, I, I what we don't know the boxing records. I mean, yeah. I, I felt guilty of it. You know, we see a lot of inflated records, you know, so I, I'm just as guilty as anybody going into this fight. I didn't think Ruiz had much of a chance. Now I watched it because I always am hoping that the underdog pulls it off. And uh, when I when I see, I, I hate to say anybody's ducking anybody, but when there's big, huge money fights out there against yeah. other with Wilder and Fury, mm-hmm. and then essentially you go into this fight scene, you know, Joshua fighting a guy that, most people thought considered kind of a bum coming in. And obviously that was an overreaction. He was a two-time Olympian for the Mexican Olympian team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like you said, he was, he was 33 and one. Or, or yeah. And like 20 of them are, are knockouts. So yeah, no, I, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was oversight on, on obviously everybody's part. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he, you said it was the first time he got put on his butt. And we always say when somebody gets dropped or somebody loses a fight in MMA, it's kind of how they bounce back is, is what shows what kind of heart and what kind of champion they're going to be. And he got up off the campus canvas. And before the final, you know, the final bell rang on that, on that uh, three minute round, he had already put down his opponent two times. So uh, 
it obviously shows that he's he's got something. I didn't see anything that leads me to believe that that Joshua would beat him in a rematch. Honestly, I, I saw Ruiz as the better, crisper boxer. And uh, you know, if you took away the the physical attributes of Joshua, I I didn't see anything that led me to believe that that Ruiz can't can't beat him essentially in the same way in 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 a in a rematch. Even if it goes to decision, I, I feel yeah. like he he's more active and. Uh, and I don't. If he's a big underdog, I think that that's a fight potentially people could win money on. Now, given the fight will be in the UK this time, and is that is confirmed? Bob- I mean, I know, I know, I know. Hearn said it at the at the end, right immediately at the I, end of the fight, but it's not confirmed. But if he's got an automatic rematch clause in his contract, and you're Anthony Joshua, you're not you're not going anywhere except you know the O2 Arena or Wembley Stadium or something like that. You're you're going back home to get your, your wits together and, and try to get a win. And, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to have the fight in Vegas if you're Joshua and then lose a questionable decision to a Mexican fighter. We, <laughs> we, we've seen that with Triple G already. So <laughs> I, I wonder what the clause entails, though. Like, does the guy, I wonder if the clause entails, like, like uh, you know, does the champ get to pick, you know, uh, have a say in the venue? I mean, we have to remember that negotiations in boxing are a lot more, uh, you know, the, the, the fighters get to sit at the at the bargaining table, whereas in MMA they really don't. So, um, unless they're like you know somebody somebody that's got the, you know like Conor McGregor status or whatever. But you know what I mean. So I think um, I think uh, I mean uh, I don't know if it'll matter though. Like you said, I mean uh, uh, if he's champ, he probably wants to stay champ. Although- yeah, I mean. Usually, usually from my experience with the contracts, uh, and we don't usually see upsets like this. So, but usually the contracts are heavily weighed towards the champion, especially one coming in this big of a favorite. He's going to have every single backup plan covered in case he's embarrassed, like, like he essentially was. Was um, so I, I think it was. I think it was automatic rematch. They probably already had the purses basically determined as far as percentages go. Obviously, the money will go up for Ruiz um, because he's now the champion, and and they'll they'll figure out how much money he wants. But uh, you know, I the first thing I thought of was before he won was we got the zone got with Bellator and we got the zone with this Joshua contract. Don't we want to see Ruiz versus Tombstone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> not not now, <laughs> not now. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, but yeah. That's just the, the guy who uh, the, the fighter who lost to Jack Swagger and. Uh, yeah, no, it, I know who not, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. no, I just uh, I I can't recall his his last name. Uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. But uh, yeah, no, I, I that's instantly what I kind of thought. This was kind of a, a you know with the body types and everything. This was as if uh, he's fighting again in July too. Uh, I think he's going. I mean, bet. I I don't think it's in Bellator. I think it's at a uh, regional thing. But uh, I just saw he's been putting some training footage up since he picked up a lot of, uh, you know, he picked up a lot of new followers after fighting Jack Swagger. But uh, T.J. Jones is his yeah name. yeah, but nicknamed Tombstone. So I mean, this is it's you know this is the fight. This way this worked out was kind of as if Jones would have beaten Swagger that night, given Swagger's on the same level as as Joshua. And hey, obviously I, Ruiz is a better level than than Jones as far I, as boxing. But. I'm not hating on anybody. Like not, I, I could I could stay in to lose 20 pounds myself, but I'm not trying so hard after Ruiz won. I mean, he's making me second guess my my life decisions. So no, it's, uh, no, it's great <laughs> for him though. And and like you said, it's it's the first Mexican 
uh, slash Mexican American heavyweight champion yeah. in the history of boxing. So that's a uh, obviously a, a, a big uh, accomplishment. For some reason, I thought John Ruiz was, but uh, John Ruiz was Puerto Rican. So uh, that that threw me off a little bit going into that fight. But uh, good for him, man. And yeah. uh, Latinos Unidos. So I'm not going to hate on on a well, from one fat Mexican to another. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's cool to see, and and uh, I think Joshua will be fine in the long run. I, I I don't know if he can ever compete with guys like Wilder or Fury, uh, especially after Wilder's yeah. last couple performances, because uh, Joshua has been shown. I mean, Klitschko put him down a couple times, and obviously Klitschko was no joke. But yeah. now now that he's been put on his butt, you know, half dozen or so times in his mm-hmm. career, you wonder how his chin would hold up against a guy like Wilder or or Fury for that matter, a big heavy heavy thunderous punch yeah i mean it, it, here's here's my thing i mean i and i already know that wilder fury 2 is already booked for uh also like the the beginning of 2020 i i think i read but um i'm already i'm i'm already signing off on uh if if ruiz does it again i'm i'm signed off on wilder ruiz that 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 would probably be uh i feel like that'd be a great fight actually I mean, uh, Ruiz, he's got the no-back-down attitudes, fast for his uh, physique and size and everything, versus Wilder, uh, who's, a, who's a wild puncher himself. Um, I, I feel like that would be uh, another, another like, highly touted boxing match, kind of the way that Fury and Wilder were talked about last year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sign off on that right now. It's a fun fight. Um, yeah. You know, there's... Uh... So I is the is the Wilder Fury two is that official? I was thought I was seeing Wilder versus. Okay, see, so I'm seeing Wilder versus Luis Ortiz two is confirmed. Is that so what it is? That might be happening prior. Um, and Luis Ortiz is kind of a, uh, I believe he's Cuban and he's built kind of similar actually to Ruiz and he put up a hell of a fight in his first bout against uh, Wilder. I I want to say it was on like one of the the undercards for. Uh, for Canelo or an undercard for, uh, for, for Mayweather or something like that. But their first match was like fight of the year, uh, contender last year. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing rematch in Los Angeles on that breaking eight days ago. So I think they're going to fight. And then uh, probably, like you said, the, if all goes to plan, <laughs> then they'll, get, they'll do the, the rematch of Wilder and, and Fury. So, I mean, there's a lot going on in boxing. I think it's outstanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I say we're casual fans. We're obviously, you know, I, I you know I've been watching boxing for thirty years, and and I know you have too. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where you know, casual might have been a light word, but you know I, I enjoy that I'm seeing on social media and people that were kind of had fallen out of the boxing scene over the last twenty years as MMA kind of took over, really getting back into it. I'm seeing comments from people all over Twitter that you know that weren't talking boxing, you know, three four years ago are, are all of a sudden now with Canelo and triple G and, and now that the heavyweights uh, throwing down. And I feel like Ruiz is just another chip that can be thrown in there to create, you know, a great fights. And, and when you have uh, potential now for a Joshua rematch and like I said, Fury and Wilder and, you know, God only knows Klitschko end up coming back or something. I mean, there's, there's a lot of options for some great heavyweight fights that should be able to carry boxing for the next three or four years. If, if everybody stays healthy and, and, uh, you know, we get to keep it going. So I think it's great. Great for the combat sports world. 
Uh, with that said, uh, getting back to MMA, we got a busy MMA weekend this week. Uh, weekend. There's Octagon MMA with uh, last Jesus week's guest. Christ. Last week's <laughs> guest, Virgil Zwicker, uh, yeah. goes in against Attila Vey on Saturday, uh, probably early in the morning uh, in, in Latvia. Um, our guest later tonight, uh, uh, Fernando Yo, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, another Mexican. He travels to uh, to uh, Poland. Poland. I was going to say Croatia. Poland uh, for ACA uh, in a, in a big matchup. Uh, Invicta's on Friday night, but the big card for the the weekend is obviously the return of UFC pay per view uh, to your favorite UFC Plus pay per view, uh, <laughs> UFC two thirty eight, uh, which features two title fights and uh, what yeah. should be a main event, honestly, in Cowboy versus Tony Ferguson. Yeah, man. Uh, look, <laughs> yeah, I mean the card is it, the card was a little bit thin. It seemed like uh, a few weeks back, uh, but now you look at the card and oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving the card. You know the the top five pay per view fights. So here's here, here's the bad thing. So here's the bad news on my side. I might not catch as much as I want to see the entire card. I'm lucky if I make the main card because I'll be at the Bacon and Beer Classic in Brooklyn. <laughs> well. <laughs> Bacon and beer, so <laughs> I guess I still win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the fan wins. Uh, wins all around on that one, but yeah, I mean, I'm just glancing at the prelims and the, uh, you know, the Tatiana Suarez Nina Ansaroff fight is essentially a number one uh, or a title contender, you know, elimination fight. Yeah. I'm really, uh, I'm really into Pedro Munoz and uh, Aljamain Sterling. That's another uh, one. Munoz coming off his big knockout of, uh, of Cody Garbrandt and. And Sterling's been on a huge roll uh, since his loss to uh, Marlon Marias. Uh, I think the the first fight on the card is uh, uh, Joanne Calderwood and Caitlin Chukugian, um, which is which I don't even understand because I feel like that's like a a, a, a contender. Uh, you know, whoever wins that gets a shot at uh, uh, what are they bantamweight, right? Uh, flyweight. I think if Kat, Caitlin wins, I think she probably locks up the next title fight against the winner of Jessica I and and uh, yeah and Shevchenko Calderwood Calderwood. It puts her in probably a number a true number one contender bout. Uh, perhaps against uh, you know I don't know. I'd have to look at the look at the rankings, but it would move her up. She's currently at five right they now. They don't so matter anymore anyway. The rankings truly <laughs> really don't matter. And if they wanted to do a, a fight in Scotland or something, they would give her the main event. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, loaded fight. Angela Hill's fighting again for like the fourth time in yeah. six months. I mean, that girl's gone crazy. Uh, you know, fighting, she yeah, got a yeah. tough matchup against 10 and one fighter. Uh, yeah, Zian Yan and uh, Ricardo Lamas, uh, Carolina Kovacevic, Alexo Grasso. Uh, speaking of Mexican fighters, Grasso came out of Invicta as, as one of the most uh, heralded female prospects. She's kind of had a tough time in the UFC, uh, and they're not making it any easier now with with a match with uh, Carolina. No. And then, like you said, the, the Munoz-Sterling and, and then the Suarez-Ansaroff. And then the main card kicks off with a heavyweight uh, clash yeah, yeah. That, that's – uh, Blagoy Ivanov, former World Series of Fighting heavyweight champion against Tai Tuivasa, who's coming off his first career loss, a, uh, a knockout loss to Junior Dos Santos. That's a hell of a scrap right there. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I, 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 I've seen Blagoy fight a lot, like, because uh, of, you know, I followed World Series of Fighting deep, when, especially when he was a champion. I was at his fight with Josh Copeland. I believe that's WSOF 31. 
I mean, I'm off the top of my head, and um, that fight was a bloodbath. I kind of feel like this is going to go the same way. Um, I don't know. Um, so I'm going to re- obviously we're doing our picks. Uh, I'm, I'm breaking them out here first before they go on MMAnews.com and SureDog.com. Um, so folks, uh, like this is the first time I'm doing universal picks, by the way. Like it's going to be on the on the two sites, and <laughs> I'm probably going to bet these guys at some at some level. So. Um, um, so like I said about Blagoy, um, I, I, it's hard for me to pick against him. Uh, I, I don't think he finishes Tui Vasa, especially if it goes all the distance, but, uh, I'm just siding with him for his durability. Yeah, I'm siding with him as well. Um, my brain's telling me a, a decision, like you're saying, mm. I, I do in, in a five round fight, I would probably pick Ivanov by late finish. Um, but yeah, a three round fight, uh, I, I see him kind of working his boxing, uh, it's an interesting fight for Tuivasa coming off his first loss. Uh, we talked about getting up off the mat after your first career loss in MMA, and for a guy who was going around pretty much stomping fools uh, to get KO'd uh, like he did in his last fight. It'll be interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's never do or die necessarily, especially in the heavyweight division, but you definitely don't want to lose two in a row uh, after being 10-0. and 0. It, It's got to be something that's got to be on his mind. So I'll go with Ivanov also by decision, and... Uh, kind of interesting he's ranked 14th i think that's a little low for him he had a mm-hmm. close fight with dos santos and, and then obviously his win over rothwell was another close fight but yeah i i would have him probably more in like the top six or seven uh in the world rankings if i was uh if i had any if anybody cared what i thought that's what that's where I, <laughs> <laughs> I care matt that's why we do this. <laughs> um then you got jimmy rivera uh, Peter Yan Rivera coming off of a uh, lackluster fight against Sterling, which is kind of funny that he gets the main card bout while Sterling's on the undercard, and perhaps in the world of M- uh, ESPN carrying the prelims, that's not the not the worst <laughs> thing uh, yeah, as opposed yeah. to getting lost on the uh, on the plus pay per view thing. But you get Jimmy Rivera against Peter Yan. Uh, Yan twelve and one. Uh, has really been a uh, firestorm since coming into the UFC. Uh, three, what do we got? Four and zero in the UFC, uh, including a uh, a win over John Dodson in his last bout. I uh, I want Jan to win this fight. You know, I enjoy the Russian fighters. I, I like his style. I, I does a lot of spinning shit and likes to knock people out violently. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, I just keep seeing Jimmy Rivera wrestling him down and, and laying on him for three rounds. So I don't want it to go that way, but uh, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say Rivera wins a lackluster decision to get back on the winning track uh, at UFC 238. Wow, that's interesting that you're going that way. I'm actually I'm actually going with Peter Young uh, just because um, I feel like Rivera – is starting to lose his steam. I mean, he's, I know he's not old or anything like that. Um, I mean, he's super well-rounded. He's a tiger showman's MMA product. Um, and they're all pretty, they're, they're, they're all pretty much like, a um, you know, well-rounded MMA guys that they pump out of tiger showman's, uh, favorite here in Jersey. You know, he's a, he's a popular fighter from uh, this side on the East coast. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I probably, I might get a little hate over it, but, um, I'm actually picking Peter Yan to to win. I, I just think his striking might be better than his. I think he might outpoint him. 
Well, striking is definitely better than Rivera. I just mm-hmm. feel Rivera might go to the safety route, and and Jan's weakness, I would say, if he has one, is his, is his wrestling. So that's just a thought. Um, like I said, I'll be pulling for Jan, but I just feel like the, the, this could be the slow, you know, the unexpected slow fight of the night. Um, that brings us into the firework mm. uh, fight: Tony Ferguson, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, av- added late uh, last month or early last month, I, w- I should say, I guess. Uh, my God. <laughs> I, I wish it was a five-round fight. Yeah, a lot of people do. I've picked against Ferguson a few times, and I've been wrong. Uh, but in those fights, he's been caught, and he's been hit hard, and he's, mm-hmm. and he's, had, to, he's had to fight through adversity to, to pull it out against you know fighters like Anthony Pettis. Whew. Uh I've also picked against Cerrone and been wrong on multiple, multiple times, including, I believe, even his last fight against uh, Raging Al. Yeah. I, I picked Al to beat him. And, I and think I, I did, too. Yeah. And that was obviously foolish. I'm going to stick with uh, I'm going to stick with not picking against Cerrone this time. I feel like his uh, activity, the fact that he's been fighting a lot lately, and whereas Ferguson's only had a few fa- fights in the last few years due to injury. Uh, I'm going to take Donald Cerrone by uh, – I'm going to take him by decision uh, because it's not a five-round fight, and I think both of the guys are durable enough to avoid getting finished. Uh, but I think Cerrone might be the more active fighter, and uh, I'll take him by decision in a, in a great fight of the night kind of fight. Yeah. I mean, uh, so that's another one we're going to be uh, on the same page for. So uh, Just – I have to put it out there. It, it'll be in my um, in my MMA news predictions piece. Um, this was out of all the fights on the main card that I had to do picks for. This was by far the hardest one to make a decision on, just for the mere fact of how good these guys are. The only thing that made me uh, side with Cerrone is, um, you know, his uh, since he's he it's like he's on a mission since he uh, returned to one fifty five. Um, you know. And uh, I just think he he's got like a he's got a tunnel vision towards the title uh, since he's been there. So I, I think he's just clear and focused on what he wants to do. And uh, with all the stuff that's you know Ferguson's been through in the news, um, not you know recently, it's hard to it's hard to not think not consider that and make him the decision for my pick. So I, I wonder how focused he is. You know, um, again. As as martial arts is supposed to be a, a stress reliever for a lot of folks, it's a good distraction. Helps you keep your mind present. So it could be nothing. If anything, with the the issues Ferguson have had in the past, it's probably it'll, it's only going to help him the fight camp and being prepared for something. So I could be wrong in it, but um, I don't know. I I uh, uh, I just felt more confident picking Cerrone over Ferguson. So I'm with you on that one. That brings us to the co-main event of the night, the uh, female flyweight world championship bout between Valentina Shevchenko, the defending champion, against former Bellator champion Jessica I. Uh, I 3-0 in the since they've created the flyweight division. She went on a huge, I think, four or five fight losing streak prior to that. The when she was fighting at at bantamweight, she's found her weight class. Uh. I'm going to I'm going to go with a huge upset here and I'm mm. going to say Jessica I has the fight of her career 
and comes out. And I, I don't know how, but I'm going to say somehow she pulls out a victory in this fight. I, I don't know why. Uh, I just feel like she's found her weight class. Now she's won three fights by decision, two of them split. So she hasn't been exactly a world beater necessarily, but she has beat some good competition in, in uh, Caitlin could and uh, Jessica Rose Clark. I, I, just, I don't know. Uh, I feel I just, there's something I, I'm just feeling that she's going to come out here, uh, not be afraid of the bright lights and, and, and have a, a career defining performance for her. And, uh, We'll see if that happens. I might look like a fool come uh, <laughs> come Saturday night, but I'm going to go with the big upset here and, and say Jessica I wins the wins the championship. All right, yeah. I mean, we're two for two uh, as far as picks because I'm 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 actually uh, picking uh, Shevchenko on this one. Um, you, you, I, I'm I'm noting the ones that you picked uh, opposite of me, by the way, so, so I could break your balls via text on Saturday night while I'm at the Bacon and Beer Classic, <laughs> but uh. Valentina Shevchenko, I, I, I just have her I, – I think she can pull off a decision win. I mean, I'm not writing off Jessica I. I know she's tough, and and I agree with you. I think uh, her return to uh, flyweight uh, makes her uh, – you know, she's obviously been on, on, a, on a win streak. But like you said, their decision wins. And, and I just think the the laundry list of opponents that they both have, Shevchenko just has, has fought better people. So that's why I went with Shevchenko. Yeah, I think it'll. Uh, I think it'll either be a whitewashing and Shevchenko just cleans her clock, or like I said, Jessica shows up and and puts on a, a career-defining performance. And uh, I'm leaning towards the the performance one, but I, I definitely, you know, understand where the odds makers are and where your pick falls on that one. That brings us to the uh, main event of the evening uh, for the vacant T.J. Dillashaw. Uh, disgraced (laughs) title of the world uh tj stripped after well after losing to sehudo at 125 tested positive for uh uh, multiple drugs and steroids and was stripped of his title Uh, as a result sehudo the flyweight world champion is coming up to try to get the belt uh in the division where he just beat the champion uh and he faces marlon marais former world series of fighting champion uh yeah and uh all around badass <laughs> uh i'm going with marias tko yeah. slash ko uh within the first say seven and a half minutes of the fight yeah man uh i only root for fat mexicans uh so i don't root for little ones <laughs> um so yeah i mean uh marlon uh you know He's a he's a Jersey guy. He's uh, even when he I mean he beat the only guy he lost to in the UFC already. That was his last fight against a, a Sun Sal. So I'm with you there, and that that's actually the prediction you made. You uh the method rather. If you're gonna uh he's the favorite. So if you're gonna bet, uh you know do a bet for Marais by KOTKO because that's the one that's gonna pay. Yeah, I think if it goes to decision, I think that leans towards Cejudo because that might mean that Cejudo's using his wrestling and kind of stretching the fight along. Uh, as long as the fight's standing, I know Cejudo's shown good hands <laughs> in his last, you know, ha- half dozen fights or so. But I think yeah. Rice is a is a different world when it comes to that. Yeah. I also think Cejudo's, uh, although his head is huge in real life, I don't. I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like his head is just kind of swelling as far as, uh, you know, I, I get you want to be confident and. He has every right to be cocky and confident, 
but I feel like like, uh, like did he it, go crazy or something? I feel like he wasn't like that, you know. Oh, he wasn't, and and yeah. he's just. I think he's he's uh, got letting it get to his his head as far as you know. Uh, it's kind of a trollish version. Yeah, of I, I liked him better when he was like Mr. Olympia, you know. Yeah, and I think I think most of the world does. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, a loss here. Uh, will be would be interesting to see if he kind of goes back to the humble Saudo that we kind of got with, and it also makes me wonder what happens to the 125 pound division. It, there's only like nine fighters left in that division, so it seems like no matter what, the men's flyweight division will be essentially folded, and we may never see him actually defend that that title that he has that he won from. Uh, well, he defended against Dillashaw, but uh, see him defend it again. Yeah, man. I mean. UFC has been slowly chipping away at that division anyway. I mean, uh, freaking uh, uh, we, we, we spoke with uh, Natan Levy, who's fighting on Friday. The main event of that is uh, Brandon Moreno, who was like one of the guys that we thought would have been, you know, uh, contender for that title. So, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think the flyweight division will see the end of 2019, but that, that's a whole nother podcast episode for itself. Yeah, you bring up Levy. So we have uh, we have three. Uh, podcast alumni fighting this weekend. Uh, Levy Friday night, LFA 69. Uh, I believe he's in the opening main card bout. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Virgil Zwicker uh, fights at Octagon MMA in Latvia. And uh, we have an interview for uh, Fernando Gonzalez joins the show again. Good friend of the show. has been on a few times now. As uh, He's probably on a plane right now or just getting in to Poland uh, for his bout at ACA. Uh, we our full interview with him coming up uh, right after we're done uh, talking here. But uh, Fernando's yeah. got a lot to say about his preparation. It's ACA or with. ACB? It's ACA, right? ACA AC- now, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he's it's uh, he's happy about traveling the world now, getting a chance to see some stuff, and and Ed asked him what he likes to do when he's not preparing for a fight. So until next time, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter. Myself at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram. I'm sure you'll see a lot of uh, beer and bacon photos uh, <laughs> and selfies from Ed this weekend. Uh, and then stay stay tuned right now for uh, for Fernando Gonzalez, the Menifee Maniac. Cool. All right, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carver Hall and Matt Hawkins here with Fernando Gonzalez once again, who's got a fight coming up June 8th. ACA, what is it, 96? Uh, yeah, ACA 96 in uh, Poland. Poland. Man, you like going to that side of the world to fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the next four fights, man, they're going to be overseas, so I'm, I'm excited about that. And uh, I hope it's better than that, that England one in the beginning, but. Uh, well, either way, man, it's a learning experience, and uh, I, grew, I definitely grew as a fighter from that one. Have you ever been to Poland before? Nah, never. Uh, I mean, I barely – any other place that I've gone outside of the country is just from fighting. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been fortunate, at least as far as the fighting, to be able to travel. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk about the fight, man. I, I, like I told you when I messaged you, I had only just found out – before the Memorial Day weekend about your fight. So, and I know you're leaving soon for it. We're talking, we're grabbing you just outside after training. So I appreciate you taking the time. So your opponent, um, Elias Silverio, 
what do you know about him as far as like uh, what he brings to the to the table for fight night? Uh, he's a UFC veteran. Um, he he actually beat uh, was it Valley Flag uh, back in the day or in the UFC? Um, I think he had like six fights or something like that. But his last two are the ones that he lost, and I think that's what got him cut. But shit, man, I, I I've been watching. Obviously, I have fight pass, so I go, I went back and look at the, some of his fights, and the two that he lost were scrapped. So he barely lost those fights. So uh, for me, it, it his style is very similar to Zaramskis or how I prepared for Zaramskis. Um, high volume and, and punching and, and kicking, and uh, obviously some jujitsu. But uh, the only time I ever can really try his jujitsu is is when he's in trouble. So for the most part, he he likes to strike. So does he? Uh, is he? Does he present more of a challenge because of what you've seen? As far as you just said, he likes to scrap. I know you like to throw hands too. So I mean, are we are we to expect like a bloodbath, a brawl with between you two? I mean, I would say, I would say that's what you can expect. You know, you never know what you're going to get in a fight. Uh, yeah. Sometimes stylistically, uh, when you have two strikers, and it ends up being a grappling match. You know, you never know. He is a, he's Brazilian, you know, so he has jiu-jitsu. Um, but from from what I've seen, I, I expect a striking battle. You know, I, I expect him uh, to come in throwing. Um, like I said, I think I think it's going to be very similar to the Zaramskis fight. Um, and, and you know, from what I've seen in some of the fights, he'll he'll do takedowns, but they're they're uh, you know they're not like Olympic wrestling takedowns. You know? Yeah, <laughs> they're they're. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he can catch you slipping and get, gets guys slipping, but um, I think for the most part, it should be on the feet. Even if he gets me down, I, I, don't, I don't see him holding me down. We we talked to you right before your uh, your last fight, uh, a victory in uh, California Extreme Fighting um, against Gabriel uh, Checho. Did you uh, suffer any injuries in that fight, or did you come out of that uh, ready for a next one? Oh, ready for the next one. Uh, um. I kind of knew I had to, it was going to be that way just cause I mean, the guy has size on me, so I had to stick to move. It's, I use more of my boxing, uh, techniques where, where, you know, like Chavez is more the brawler or, or those guys that come in more. Um, I have all those, I like using those styles mostly, but with someone, uh, who's, you don't know how much power he has, then you got to play the, the boxing game a little more. And uh, once I once I figured him out, I was able to catch him with a uh, some clean overhand lefts. Uh, one of them put him down and uh, swept him in like the second or something like that. So it was a lot of getting in and getting out. Um, that, that that's the kind of strategy I typically like to use more for guys that are bigger than me, uh, just to make sure I'm the one landing and not and not them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep it moving. That, that makes sense. Um, what about like uh, uh, cardio? Do you think you can uh, like um... I guess it's not so much output when you're moving around and using your footwork, but do you think you can, you can uh, capitalize on cardio against a bigger dude? Oh, for sure. That it, mostly the speed and the movement. Um, I think that's what throws them off more. And then that starts to gas them because the panic starts to stand. So you're holding your breath more. Um, so that, that's typically what I start to see with bigger guys. Um, I start to outpoint them. Then all of a sudden, hemi- uh, big haymakers start coming. And that lets me know that they're getting tired or they're getting frustrated. And uh, it's about time to put them away or, or catch them when they're making a mistake. Tapology has your upcoming bout at a, as a 170-pound uh, bout. Is that accurate? 
That's accurate. Yeah, we're back down to the welterweight division. Um, like I said, I, I, that's a strategy I'll typically use against bigger guys. Obviously, if they're 180, that, that's the strategy I'd use more. So I, I don't like fighting like that. <laughs> I like being able to stay in the pocket. And and, and uh, when when they're similar weight, I know they're my, my weight. I can take the punch a little more. Uh, 185, uh, you never know which one's going to put you out. So you have to play it a little little bit smarter when you're fighting guys that are bigger than you. So welterweight's a little bit more where I feel it's, it's my weight. Uh, the speed will be there, and um, I, I feel my power will be there too. You know, historically, you've had a couple issues making weight, whether it's been on you or been on the organization for possibly uh, throwing some shenanigans your way when, when it comes to the scales and such. I, I know you, I know that stuff's been documented. How's your weight looking? I, I commented last time I had ran into you at a Bellator weigh-in that you, you looked like you were in incredible shape. Are you, uh, are you, how are you looking getting before you uh, travel to Poland for this? Um, so far, so good. I'm, I'm getting trimmer. I'm, I'm not fully vegan, but I, I pretty much went vegan. Uh, I mean, obviously I still taking some uh, protein, so not full vegan, but, uh, pretty much cut out all my carbs. Um, so it's, it's shedding off now, you know I mean? Shedding off really well. And, uh, my energy's there. So the only thing that sucks is that it doesn't taste good. <laughs> but other, <laughs> yeah. other than that, I'm, I'm fine. I have, a, I have a lot of energy. So, uh, right now I'm just looking forward to making the weight and that way I can eat regular food. But, uh, but right now everything's moving well. So I'm happy with that. That's a hell of a question to ask, Matt, right? Just after Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> well, we talked to, we talked to Virgil's wicker um, and, yeah. and his interviews yeah. uh, will be running here for us too. But, uh, and he was kind of the opposite. He's trying to get down to two Oh five. He fights the same night as you in, in Latvia. And, uh, and he was mentioning that he, he's doing his best to get as low as he can so that once he gets to uh, Latvia, he likes to enjoy some of the foreign food and, you know, feel like he's kind of taking in some of the culture while he's there. But, but you being a vegan, that might be, might be a little different than, than having some, uh, you know, p- pigs show up or sheep or <laughs> goat showing up on the table from, from some farmer in Latvia or Poland. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep it as basic as I can, you know, some, some chicken or <laughs> some, some that I know is not going to tear up my stomach too badly. But uh, yeah, right now, like I said, man, I'm focused uh, this year. Uh, well, the next couple of years that I have left in fighting, uh, you know, the, the time's ticking. So I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I'm making good money and, and uh, putting on good shows. So that way they keep having me back and you know, stretch this out, stretch out my career as long as I can. So I know I asked you this the last time we had you on, um, but do you pretty much have it down to a system now with uh, going overseas to fight as far as like acclimating your 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 mind and your body to be awake at the time you're going to fight and the time difference and i mean I'm, I'm i assume that goes along with the diet and everything right um it does it it does but the thing is uh it, it's the way we've always kind of done that so like uh when dan henderson used to fight in pride and all that it's when i came on board with him okay so we've always done morning practice so it would be around the time that he'd be fighting out there and we've always kept that. And uh, so like we do two practices, really. I do one in the morning, which is the whole team. Dan comes in, works with us. And uh, it's the, the core group, basically, in the morning. And then in the evening, it's all of us kind of broken up doing classes. But we all get to work with each other. 
and the guys that are coming up. So there's two practices really, but the main practice is in the morning, which is overseas their night. So it's always around the time that I'm fighting and pretty much has been my, my schedule for fighting for the last 10 years. So it's almost been geared or guided towards, towards fighting overseas. When do you head out to Poland? How long are you giving yourself to acclimate to, to just being out there? As yeah, normally uh, for, for that, what I've, I've kind of feel the best is uh, uh, we're going to take off Tuesday. So as soon as I get there, I try to knock out as, as much as I, I can, even if it's daytime. And, and it kind of like cycles my body back to you or regulates it to the time that's there. Because what I noticed one time I flew out, uh, I had to cut weight and I got there and I started cutting weight and nothing was coming off. Absolutely nothing. I was in there in the sauna and just like barely anything was coming off my face. I was getting more uh, just from the heat, you know, than, than uh, actual sweat. So uh, I, I took a nap and then came back and I was sweating like, like bullets. You know what I mean? So I learned that as soon as I get there, I try to knock out. So that way my body can sweat, you know, and then, then as I'm going, my body will acclimate. I know how to fight it regardless though. Whether I'm I'm sleepy or not, once my adrenaline gets going, the guy's gonna be swinging at me. I'll be ready to go. I just got to make sure that weight's on point, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, I I I remember reading somewhere too that you can reset your own circadian uh, rhythm or your clock when you when you go to a new place by uh, physically uh, you know exhausting yourself as soon as you get there. So given given that you're you're obviously you're you're you're, you're you're going to be cutting weight and, and stuff. That's probably going to make it just easier to acclimate once you. Uh, I mean, like you said, you're used to it already anyway. But um, uh, I, I just hope you. You know, like I know. I remember when you first. I forget what what fight it was that you went over to. Uh, I think it was in Russia or someplace when it, when you had all those delays and stuff. You you. Uh, you yeah, you cataloged it on social media. So, I mean, thank God that hasn't happened again. But I would imagine that messes with you. Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Like from that experience, there's there's been certain things in, in my career that has always helped me to kind of grow as a fighter. Uh, the first time I um, or these are things that happen in the amateurs, you know, but uh, or in the in the smaller leagues or like King of the Cage and Gladiators where guys opponents fall out the day of, you know, and mm-hmm. then you're fighting this other guy and he's like six foot four and you got to come up with a game plan to beat the guy because you have your whole family and crowd there already and paid money for those tickets. So, um, those are, those are experiences that you kind of learn. And, uh, you know, I've, I've flown overseas before and I never had the problem of the delays and all that that happened on like this last fight or that fight that happened in England. And, uh, at one point I, I kind of was like, I just, you know, like you tear up a little bit cause you're pissed off of, of yeah. the shit that going, um, you know, our luggage passed the first time we went to load it on the next luggage and then we have to pay $50 to, to put that one in that plane because they're not going to approve it. And this is after a whole day, you know, so all that shit's already, you already ticked off and then they're charging you an extra 50 bucks and you barely have any cash, you know, so you're going, you know, it, it, it got, it got to me to the point where it ticked me off where I, you know, I I went to, a little corner, sucked it up and calmed down and, and, 
and and I grew from it. You know, I became a little more calm once I once I was on the airplane flying there. Nothing else was in my head. There was absolutely nothing that was bothering me um, because I had already just experienced that. You know, yeah. I, I know I, as if it happens again, I would know how to deal with it better this time around. I pray that it doesn't. No, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, things things are gonna happen, and the more you kind of get ticked off, it, it's gonna mess with you more. So that's just the way I see it, as far as law of attraction and stuff like that. You know, yeah, I believe yeah. in that. You uh, mentioned you mentioned your next no. four fights. We're we're gonna be doing some traveling. Does that mean you have a four fight deal with with ACA? Did, did you find a sign a long term deal with them, or is it fight by fight up to four fights, or how how does that work? Well, originally had six fights with ACB, and then when uh, everything switched, I didn't want to get stuck in, in for that long like we did last time, and so I did four months, you know, because it took me took us almost a year. I think it was nine months before they actually uh, had I, – I think I'm the first American on, on the card for this one, so uh, – or the only American on the, uh, on the card for this, for this fight. So it wasn't like they were giving uh, the guys over here a whole lot of fights and stuff. It wasn't just me. It was it's pretty much everybody that was in the, uh, signed through the state. Um, so I didn't want to get stuck for six fights. I said, I'll, let's do four. And within a certain amount of time, and if, it, if, if that doesn't happen, then we have the option of, of taking off. And uh, so, so far, so good. You know, they agreed to it. And, and uh, yeah, we're, look, look, everything looks good. They, they've, from the last time to this time, everything has been taken care of a lot quicker. And uh, I've been really, really happy with uh, how they've been going about it this time. Do they kind of give you a layout of, of, I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, but do they give you a layout of like ideally when they would want you to fight and where, I mean, do you have any idea, anything beyond this fight or is it just, I mean, obviously not mentally as far as who you're going to fight and stuff like that, but do they kind of give you an idea? Like, you know, will it be in like October ideally? And then, you know, February, or is it just, is it wait and see after every fight? Normally it's it, the way they have it scheduled. It should be every four months. So if I go out there and I fight, no injuries happen, just like this last fight, uh, I'll be fighting again in like four months, four to five months. Um, from what I understand it's four. if I take an injury, then it's up to me to decide when to come back. And then from there, they try to, they, they'll try to schedule me every four months. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm just praying everything goes good. We both walk in and out of there safely, and I get my hand raised. You know, I get the finish, and and uh, I think I hope I hope it's I hope I connect enough where it's like <laughs> that one punch knockout and walk away. You know, but uh, like I said, I'm expecting a war, and I train for it. So um, whatever comes, I'll be ready. So so what does Fernando do in the meantime? Like uh, when you say you get through this fight, you win, and then you got four months. What what does Fernando do to kill time? What do you do for fun? What, what do you do outside of out, outside of fighting? What, what what occupies your mind? Well, for for the past year, I've been I've been really you know watching my money. So I have some some uh, some good cash coming from this fight and and the ones that are coming after. But uh, uh, maybe just go get a little spot on the beach and and uh, rent a room, take my wife, and my son, and and just kind of chill and hang out. We're we're more quiet people anyway, so I think the beach or and and you know, hanging out with hanging out with family like that will be fun for me. And and uh, like I said, I, I'm not trying to spend too much money. I gotta start planning for my retirement. <laughs> yeah, man, we all do. 
We all do. So like, uh, you guys, uh, you guys do, uh, uh, like, uh, you got any movies or anything you're, you and your, 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 your family want to go see? Like, are you going to looking forward to, to it or any Hollywood blockbusters? Did you go see the Avengers? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, that's one. I mean, we always try to do that, you know, yeah. a lot of, like we're not spending a whole lot of money, then, then we'll go do it. But, uh, I think more that we've been needing is, is a vacation to go just take yeah. off, go to, go to a beach, go somewhere. You know what I mean? If, and when I say beach, it might be like, like Hawaii, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Word, man. That, that's, that's, take off, you know, like, well, I don't want to be home. I don't want to be around here for a little bit, at least a day or, you know, a couple of weeks. I hear Whatever. that. Couldn't afford, but uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to that. But at the same time, more I, more so, just I'm, I'm focused on on this guy because uh, he's no joke, man. He's yeah. uh, obviously a UFC veteran, so if I beat him, that's a really good uh, notch on the belt, you know. And uh, the the guys that he fought were were no joke. The guys that he lost to, he barely lost to, and they're no joke. They're 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 uh, competitors in the UFC now. So um, it's going to be a great fight. When, uh, how, how many, uh, you know, obviously traveling across halfway across the world and uh, on a card, it looks, I'm looking at, it, it looks like Tony Johnson uh, Jr. Who's in the main event uh, for the heavyweight title is the only other American on the card. How many people do they oh, allow to fly? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't know there was another one. I just, I said that yeah. earlier. Yeah, no, he looks like he's the only other one. Uh, he did fight at ACA, I think, 92 or a couple events back. But um, and, he, and he had his notable uh, draw with uh, Alexander Emelianenko uh, for another fight organization. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. How many how many people do they allow to travel out? Like, what is your contract? Is it – I mean, you talk about, like, you know, just one other person with you? One guy, yeah. Uh, it's just rough. You know, I, I normally have three guys, you know, oh, so wow. that's my – I normally have three guys, so uh, the good thing is they, even though I got to pay for it, it's coming out of my pay. They're they're the ones booking it, you know what I mean? And then they'll just take it out of my pay. I don't actually have to come up with that out front. Um, so that's that was kind of cool that uh, they paid for one of one other flight. They were gonna pay for two, but uh, one of my main cornermen couldn't get his passport in time uh, before they bought the ticket. So after that, we just said, all right, no worries, we'll we'll get one for the next one and i uh, always we just been preparing and making sure that we're ready for for this fight that's cool man well so it's june 8th uh i don't know what time it is uh our time i mean or my time obviously me and matt are three hours apart but uh june 8th on uh on aca 96 that they stream the event through their website is that correct I believe so through the website and through Fight TV or Fight App, F I T E app. Okay, yeah, I one. know they used to be on that. I, I yeah, I have to follow up on that. I'm showing 2 p.m. Eastern time on uh, on Saturday, June 8th, um, according to Tapology. So I I don't know if that's the main card or the prelims. I know they really don't have a prelim card. It's kind of usually a pretty stacked card from start to finish, and this one looks like it with uh, guys Andre Winner, uh, former Ultimate Fighter. Um, Obviously, Fernando, uh, Luke Barnett, another UFC fighter, Diego Brandel versus Marcin Held, uh, which is a which is a hell of a lightweight fight. And, and then I mentioned uh, and then Peter Strauss, who who you fought in your uh, ACA 
or ACB at the time debuted to, to a really close fight. He's the co-main event, and then Tony Johnson in, in, in the main event. So it's another loaded card. I um, Historically, I think their pay-per-views have been like – I mean, when it was through their website, I think it was like three ninety nine or two ninety nine. So it was a real good deal if uh, – you know, for usually loaded fight cards. So this is no different. Fernando, you want to throw out your uh, Twitter handle or Instagram or, or anything like that or any sponsors? Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me at Men If You Maniac. Um, my sponsors, uh, you know, CVAC, who, who helped me with my strength, uh, with my conditioning and my uh, recovery. Uh, Dr. Toy Chiropractic. Um, he's been with me since 10th grade. So yeah, that's, oh, wow. that's awesome. He's uh He's very good, very good chiropractor. So uh, he keeps me keeps me healthy pretty much all season or all year. Um, uh, shoot, the plastering, R and R roofing, and heritage tattoo. They're, they've been with me since the beginning, and uh, yeah, they're still with me. They're the ones going with me overseas. So uh, nice. I'm, I'm pumped and thank you for being with me. Absolutely. Well, we'll be cheering for you June 8th, uh, live from Lodes, Poland. So have safe travels and, uh, you know, best to you in the fight and uh, hopefully you get a big win and come out healthy and uh, get that title uh, before, uh, before sooner than later, I should say. Yeah. I'm hoping, man, there's, there's some tough guys, but I know, uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going for that title. So I got to get that belt in, uh, man. There's some tough guys. I've, I've been watching this, the 70s, the guys from 170 right now in ACA, and there's some fun fights ahead of me. So this is the first one, and, and, and like I said, I've been training my ass, so I'm planning on making a, a statement with Elias, and, and uh, obviously it's going to be a fun fight. So stay tuned. Yeah, man. Right. Let, let them know how we do in the in the West Coast of the United States. Uh, <laughs> All yeah. right, man. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe, uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.